welcome to the Creekside Community Church Podcast. If you don't yet follow Jesus, we want to provide you with a safe place to explore the Christian faith. If you are a Christian, we want to provide you with resources to help you grow in your faith and ultimately serve Jesus more effectively. For more information or to partner with us, visit our website at creekside.cc. Subscribe so that you don't miss any of our messages. We hope this content helps you take your next step with Jesus. Today we're talking about listening, loving people, building our lives upon Jesus' model of love, but not just simply with our actions, but with our ears. Love means simply, not simply giving, lending a hand, but lending an ear. And today we're going to explore all kinds of different ways uh, that probably all of us have done that bad at times, me included, or perhaps maybe foremost, and all the ways that we can seek to grow in being good listeners. And here's the key idea in case you ever uh, kind of just find yourself fading out is that uh, good listening communicates not just understanding, but presence. Good listening is not simply about understanding, but presence. In other words, it's not just simply about comprehending what the other person is saying, but about helping them realize that you are with them, with whatever's going on. So before I jump in, just some quick review. We are in week three of Family Matters, and we're talking about how to build a happier, healthier home. And this week, like all the weeks, um, is going to be especially helpful, I believe, to you if you are a part of a family. Um, so in your relationship, maybe with your parents or with your kids or with your spouse. But I think it will also be helpful uh, even if you are not married or you don't have family nearby. Um, listening is one of those skills to it will help everyone. And this is the final of our introductory weeks where the series will continue for two more weeks. Um, but these first three weeks, we've actually made this one verse out of the book of James, kind of our key idea. My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And so week one, we talked about being slow to anger. How do you do that? What does that look like? how to be slow to anger. And if you missed that, you can always go back on our YouTube page or listen on our podcast. Last week, we talked about being slow to speak. It's interesting. He, he doesn't say never to speak, but be slow to speak. Be slow to bring up, especially in situations of conflict, what that conflict is. And we talked about how to do that and try to do that clearly. And uh, if you're anything like... Me, and if maybe your connection group was like our connection group this week, um, some people have been bringing up some good conflict. Like there's some conversations that maybe needed to happen. And thanks to your courage, some of you have been starting to engage in those conversations. And it just could be that for some of you are like, great, now we're talking, but the other person's not listening. <laughs> and so that's what today is about, uh, how to be quick to listen good communication. What does that mean? What does that look like? And why is this so important? And so I titled this message, The Need to Heed. <laughs> I may have been thinking about Maverick a little bit. Not the need for speed, but the need to heed. Uh, all of us have a need to listen well to others. I came across this quote that was fascinating to me. 
This is from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who is a Christian. He wrote a book on fellowship as well as discipleship and what that looks like. And he was actually a Christian and a pastor in the midst of Nazi Germany, encouraging people to be faithful to the ways of Jesus, even in that context. And when he was talking about this, it's fascinating. He says, the first service that one owes to others in the fellowship, so talking about the church community, is listening to them. Just as love to God begins with listening to his word, so the beginning of love for the brethren is learning to listen to them. It is God's love for us that he not only gives us his word, but also lends us his ear. So it is his work that we do for our brothers and sisters when we learn to listen to them. Christians so often think that they must always contribute something when they're in the company of others, that this is the one service they have to render. They forget that listening can be a greater service than speaking. Listening can be a greater service than speaking. Today we're talking about listening, and especially we are talking about listening in conflict-type situations, when the blood pressure is rising. And here's a common sense approach to communication. If you have a problem with someone, you talk to them about it. We talked about how to do that last week. If someone has a problem with you, you listen to them. I don't see anyone taking notes. Why are you guys taking notes? This is really insightful, I think. No, I love this because it's like, yeah, of course this is what you do. And yet, if you think about what we tend to do, hardly anyone actually does this. We have a problem with someone, we stew on it, or we talk to someone else about it. We rarely actually go to the person and talk to them directly about it. And then when we do, rarely, if ever, do we listen well when someone has a problem with us. We make excuses. We maybe fight unfairly by bringing up the past. So this is our goal. If you have a problem with someone, talk to them about it. If someone has a problem with you, you listen Listening is an amazing act of love and service. Good listening communicates not just understanding, but presence. I remember listening to a pastor named Craig Rochelle, and I couldn't find the exact quote, but he was talking about how important listening is, and he was talking about this, this counseling situation where he felt like he messed up, like it was a, a family that had lost a loved one, and he went to go and comfort them, and he started just feeling troubled himself, and he like, just kind of broke down and cried with them. And he said, like, I don't think I even said anything. And then they wrote him a thank you note later and said, what you said was perfect. And sometimes that is perfect, to be with people in their pain. Listening is a service because good listening communicates presence. It communicates our heart of love. And not only that, but good listening can be a service to help people better understand themselves. I came across this quote from Dawson Trotman who wrote that thoughts disentangle themselves when they pass over the lips or through the fingertips. The saying is, we understand ourselves better when you write things down, maybe if you're a journaler, or when you process them verbally, when you talk to someone. And we can actually serve someone by giving them a context to talk and to try and figure out and understand what they're doing. And so we're going to talk about the different ways of listening and how to listen fully to someone. But the main idea, and all these are grouped under, we should listen to others the way God listens to us. We should listen to others with an attitude of love. 
First Corinthians 13 says this, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy. And I'm going to pause because all of you have heard these verses if you've ever been to a wedding. First Corinthians 13 is the love chapter where Paul illustrates what love is like and gives these characteristics about what God's love for us is like and what our love for others should be like. But I want you to think about this in the context of listening. And I want you to even think and fill that in. Listening in a loving way is patient. Good listening is kind, doesn't envy, it's not boastful or arrogant, not rude, not self-seeking. Good listening is not irritable, doesn't keep a record of wrongs. No joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So kids, quick question. Do you know what the golden rule is, kids? Anyone know what the golden rule is? No? All right, Sunday school teachers, we're going to work on that. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, kids, the golden rule is something that Jesus taught. He said, do unto others what you would have them do unto you. All right, that's the golden rule. All right, grown-ups know the golden rule. That's great, kids. Uh, do unto others what you would have them do unto you. And applied to listening, I think of it this way. We should listen to others the way we would have them listen to us. If you can't stand it when someone does blank, when they're supposed to be listening, maybe we should not do that. We're going to be looking at some ways that maybe that will act as a mirror. But I want to expand that. Uh, I've heard people talk about the platinum rule or the Christ rule. Because in the New Testament, we see Jesus teaching this, but then we see later another idea reflected. Then not only should we do unto others what we would have them do unto us, we should actually do unto others what God in Christ has done for us. That that's actually the calling if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus. And applied to listening, it's we should listen to others as God listens to us. Listen to others as God listens to us. So what does that mean? What does that look like? Uh, three things. It means listening with your body, listening with your mind, and listening with your heart. And we're going to talk about some ways of doing this wrong, some ways of doing this right, and hopefully uh, work our way forward. So, so first of all, listening with your body. Listen to this story about Jesus. They came to Jericho. And as Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the road. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many warned Bartimaeus to keep quiet, but he was crying out all the more, have mercy on me, son of David. Now listen to what happens next. Jesus stopped. And said, call him. So they called the blind man and said to him, have courage. Get up. He's calling for you. He threw off his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. Then Jesus answered him, what do you want me to do for you? Rabboni, which means teacher, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has saved you. Immediately he could see and began to follow Jesus on the road. I love this story because I think we just get a snapshot of how Jesus related to people. Jesus hears this man crying out. He doesn't just like keep walking and be like, all right, be healed. <laughs> right? He stops 
what he's doing. He stops the direction he's going. And he talks to the man. And what's so fascinating to me, too, is he doesn't make assumptions, right? This guy is blind. I think Jesus probably knew what he wanted. He stops and says, what do you want me to do for you? And then he heals him. He listens to him. He pays attention to him. And he doesn't simply do it with his ears. Did you notice he does it with his body? He stops and he goes to the man. Listening actually starts with our body. Albert Moravian is a researcher who came up with this... uh, if you've heard the 38, 55, 7 rule, uh, you might have heard that 79% of communication is nonverbal. It's not actually the words you say. It's the tone you use as well as your physical body expression. Up to 55% of communication actually happens through your face alone. <laughs> what your face does significantly affects and interprets what you mean. So quick question. Husbands and wives, you're talking. It's a long day of work. 55% of the communication is happening in the face. What if the other person's like this? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. You're missing out on 55% of what they're communicating. Not just saying, but communicating. We also know that... um, Humans have this thing called mirror neurons. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but we we cannot help but reflect a little bit the physical characteristics and gestures of the people around us. And you can see this in action. Um, We can actually just do this real quick. Yeah, look to the person next to you if you're sitting next to someone. Um, So find someone, look look at them. And one of you, agree on who to do this, one of you gets to make a weird face, all right? So one of you look at the other and make a weird face. Go. All right, now pause. Uh, the other person, you may not have realized this, but your facial muscles reflected at least a tiny bit the face, whatever face they were making. Did you guys notice that? Anyone notice that? Or see that in the other person? You can actually do this just for fun. You can make weird faces while you're talking, like grimace. <laughs> and the other person will start, like, grimacing, and they don't know why you're grimacing, but you're both grimacing now. Um, But the point is this, right? We we automatically reflect the attitude that we see in the other person's face. And we automatically read that and again, reflect it in a conversation. So if that attitude is one of closeness, frowning, head shaking, the attitude will be reflected in the conversation. If that attitude is one of openness and engagement, we'll automatically feel more connected. And like, wow, you really want to listen. So, common sense, like, if you want to listen and understand, you have to not just hear, you have to see, too. You need to be looking at the person, looking at what their face is doing, what their body is doing. A lot of recommendations say you need to square up. What that means is you don't sit side by side. You actually, like, shoulders to shoulders are in a square or a rectangle. You square up, and you look them in the eye, and you see what their face is doing, Because again, good listening is not simply about understanding what they're saying, but about helping them know that you are with them. Just like Jesus did with Bartimaeus. So listening with your body means we're going to eliminate distractions, especially technology. We're not going to look down our phones. And by the way, all these things we're talking about, 
These are kind of the marks of good listening. And I just want to be clear. Like, you don't have to do all of these things all of the time, okay? Right? Honey, can you stop by work and get some food from the store? Okay, wait, hold on. <laughs> Go ahead. What was that? Right. <laughs> all right. But the more emotionally intense the conversation, the more important all of these are, okay? We're especially talking about those emotionally tense conversations, conflicts, as well as just those vulnerable conversations I'm really struggling with. This is a big deal. I want to talk to you. These things become much more important when the conversation is much more important, okay? So we're going to square up. We're going to eliminate distractions. We're going to make eye contact. Look at them. We're going to listen, not just with our ears, but with our bodies. Secondly, we're going to listen with our minds, uh, there's a guy named Zach who's a member of our connection group. Um, Zach Neely, not Zach Coolian. But, um, and uh, he told us a great story. And I've actually been looking for a, a time to use it because it cracked me up when he told me. So he said uh, a few years ago when he was in high school and on a sports team, um, they had an exchange student that year. And the exchange student was on the sports team too. And they played this game and afterwards they're talking. It was the beginning of the school year. And this exchange student was like, you suck, right? It's like, you suck? No, like, this guy's mean. He's like, what? He's like, you suck, right? It's like, I guess. <laughs> like, it's like, this guy's kind of mean and jerk and just kind of kept his distance from him. And then at the end of the school year, this guy's getting ready to go back home to his country. Says, Bye, Zuck. Do you get the problem? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, it was just a failure to understand, right? Failure to understand. We need to listen not just with our bodies and our ears, but also with our minds. Listen with your mind. We need to understand <laughs> what's being said. Stephen Covey wrote, uh, most people don't listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. Have you ever noticed this? You know, in a conversation, you can just tell they're not really paying attention to what you're saying. They're paying attention to how they're going to respond to what you're saying. And they're planning their response, right? Proverbs said it like this. He said, it says, the one who gives an answer before he listens, that is foolishness and disgrace for him. How many of you hate it when you see this happening? How many of you, like, can't stand this? You can see it happening, can't you, right? I, don't, I, I hate this. I don't like it. When it comes to listening, we want to do for others what we would have them do unto us, right? If you can't stand this, okay, let's make sure we don't do this for others. Let's listen to others, seek to understand before seeking to respond with something wise or with a perfect answer. We want to seek to understand first. I was listening to a series of messages um, in preparation for this. And I listened to a series of messages by Pastor Andy Stanley at North Point Community Church. And he had a series of, a few years ago called Me and My Big Mouth. Um, and the first one was all about listening. And he had this idea that was so kind of both commonsensical, but so, so insightful, I thought, too, too. That everyone's world makes perfect sense to them. That everyone you encounter, everything they do, it makes sense to them. They have reasons for why they do it. 
And everything that people believe makes sense to them or else they wouldn't believe it. And everything that people say makes sense to them or else they wouldn't say it. And so if you ever find yourself being like, I, I cannot understand how anyone would say that, or I, I just can't believe that anyone would believe that or do that or live that way, I just don't understand how. And he had this question. If that's the case, if you ever find yourself asking that question, like, I, I don't understand how anyone could blink. Who needs an education? Let me give you a hint. I don't understand how. You do. Everyone's world makes perfect sense. And if you don't understand how anyone could say that or believe that or do that, it's not they that need an education in this conversation. It's us. We need to ask questions, figure out why do you think that? I want to understand. Why, do you, why, why did you say that? Why do you believe that? Help me understand. The four Gospels record Jesus asking over 307 questions. Jesus was constantly digging underneath the surface. What is really going on? We want to listen not just with our bodies, but with our minds. We want to mentally try and place ourselves in their world. One of the best theological discussions I've ever had with someone who believes something very differently from me was simply this. It was just me over and over again, like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, how does that work with this, though? And why would you think of that? And it was interesting because by the end of it, it, it was this good discussion. And it was just literally, honestly, just me trying to understand. Like, I don't understand. I want to understand. Let's get from here to there. And everyone's like, wow, you really tried to understand me. Still didn't agree by the end of it, but I think I finally did understand them. Those who weep. And that makes sense when you think about, isn't that what God in Christ did for us? He came down and was with us. And our pain and our sorrow and the mess and brokenness of our sin and broken world, he chose to be with us. And then brought salvation out of that. So we need to listen, not just with our bodies and our minds, but also with our hearts. This is something that counselors call active listening or empathetic listening, if you're familiar with either of those terms. But it's where you are listening to the subtext of the conversation. And you're listening not just for the subtext of the conversation, but the, the emotional subtext of the conversation. There's a big difference between like, I can't believe this person did this. I'm like, okay. This situation is making you upset. Versus you are feeling angry. What, what's making you so angry? And when you do this well, it, you basically describe, now you're not just putting yourselves in their shoes, you're trying to feel what it would be like in that world. And you repeat that back to them. And you check for understanding, and you repeat that process until you get it right. All right, I want to put some flesh on this. I'm going to ask for a volunteer. Let's see how this goes. It'll be interesting. Any volunteers today? Uh, and, and just so you know what's going to happen, you're going to have to tell me about a frustrating situation you've encountered regularly. And um, I'm going to try and listen to you. I'll probably mess up, but that's my goal. So I'm going to try and listen to you. 
and then you guys can all see ways to do this wrong and right. I know, no one wants to be listened to now. I'm sure it'll be awkward. It's okay. <laughs> Come on, brave souls. Someone's out there. Uh, uh, all right, Nancy, or Dave's come, or Nancy or Dave, yeah, fight it out. All right, Dave, come on up. All right, Dave, do you have a, a frustrating situation that happened to you this last week, or maybe two weeks, if you can't think of anything from this last week? Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Hello, yeah. So I, I went from a household filled with boys and girls to a household filled with girls, and they all share something in common, which is they like to get stuff out, and that's the end. <laughs> so my day often looks like this. stepping over things and try to be patient, but after the third or fourth day, then I start getting frustrated and my wife's gonna laugh at me because she knows what that looks like, so. All right. Oh man, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's my cross to bear, you guys can <laughs> So, um. <laughs> you just did such a good job presenting. Oh, you just like laid it all out. No, it's great. I my daughters are so frustrating, the end. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's good. It's good. So, um, yeah, man, it sounds like it sounds like having a clean house is really important to you. Yes. <laughs> Eventually. So, so what does it do to you when it's not clean? Like, what does that <laughs> do inside of you? It's uh, it starts to simmer, and then eventually, when I step over something for the nth time, yeah. then it's like, yes. yeah, that makes sense. So I. <laughs> I can understand that. Is it like because, um, is it like more related to embarrassment? Like people could come over and see this? Or is it because more like you have standards and it's frustrating when those are not met? I, I like the clean floors. I like being able to walk without in, interference. <laughs> okay. Um, stuff like that. So, so more I, I don't care if anyone's looking. I just want to be so able yeah. to walk mind on my hallway. Right. It's, so is it, yeah. You want a clean house for you. Is that also really like peace of mind? Like you uh, like can't concentrate in that kind of environment? Yeah. Okay. I think uh, the cleaner the space I'm in, the more I can focus. Okay. Yeah. No, that's all right. So you're, you're feeling not just like, oh my goodness, people put away your stuff, but also a measure of um, like it's difficult for you to concentrate and yes. be, the, be the guy you want to be because of this environment. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. Thanks, Dave, for sharing. You're awesome. Thanks. Okay. And just let me share my, they're not that bad. It's probably more my problem than anything. So. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, I did a mediocre job of listening to Dave, uh, but I just want to highlight, I, I was actually honestly confused because for me, if there's a mess, I usually feel frustrated because of the embarrassment factor. And I just felt like maybe that's not the same thing for Dave. And so... I was trying to listen with my body. I don't know if you noticed I was trying to face him. He was like presenting. He did a good job presenting. So he was looking at you guys and giving you eye contact. Um, and I tried to listen with my mind first. And then I tried to listen with my heart. Is this what you're feeling? Um, I probably could have done better of identifying the emotions there. Um, but that's sort of what it looks like. 
that you put yourself in their shoes, try to understand their world, and name it. And you do all these things before you offer solutions, okay? Solutions are okay, but not if the person doesn't think you understand what the problem is, and not if they feel like you don't really care for them. So before you get to solutions, you have to get to presence. And this last one I get the most passionate about because uh, I've shared with you before my, my parents' struggles and my mom struggled with some rage and anger. Uh, what I haven't told you yet is that when I was in high school even, they started going to counseling pretty frequently and being trained in this. And then because they were being trained in this, they forced all of us kids to do it, um, which actually I'm really grateful for. Um, they really modeled what good listening looks like and how to do it and then made us do it. Now, the only problem with that is it kind of spoiled me because I experienced being listened to on an emotional level. And I was like, wow, that's really nice. Like, I want that and need that. And so Janelle and I are the furthest you could be from a stereotypical husband and wife. Here's what I mean. Very commonly in the higher household, arguments between me and Janelle look like this. Like, I'm like, hey, babe, yeah, this thing happened today. It's frustrating. She's like, why don't you try this? I'm like, stop trying to fix my problems. <laughs> and just listen to me, okay? <laughs> oh, man. Um, but it just, it means so much to me to know someone's with me. And I've actually seen that worked out for other people, too. Um, people won't listen to you if they don't think you are for them. And if they don't think you really actually understand what's, what's going on. <laughs> so, how do we do this? Why is it important? Again, good listening is not something about understanding, but presence. Being with people in their hard times and their good times. And then helping them in that and with that. I skipped through some of these because I've already... Uh, Explain them. All right, things to avoid. These are no-nos. I could have made a list 12 items long, but these are listening hijackers. Okay. These are things that you should not say at first. Okay? You can say them eventually once the person understands and feels like you're with them and knows you understand them. Um, but reassuring. This is probably like never that helpful, honestly. I feel so frustrated that this is happening in my job. Well, at least you have a job. <laughs> wow, all of a sudden I just feel so encouraged, right? Like, no, right? It doesn't, doesn't do anything. Um, comparing. Right? Oh, man, it hurt so bad when I got that surgery. Well, that's nothing. <laughs> Two years ago when I went in for surgery, right? <laughs> Good. Does it, does it help? No. And then fixing. I mean, things are really tense between me and this person. Oh, I know what you should do. Again, if that's a valid solution, that's great. But only after you really understand, they know you understand, and they know that you're with them. And this is important uh, because some of you here are like, yes, 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 people need to listen to me better. Because I have the perfect solution for you, and people tend not to listen to me. And if you're one of those people, you, like, have really good solutions for people's problems. Okay. I'm kind of speaking tongue-in-cheek, but, you know. Uh, you should do this. 
because you know what it is like for you. You won't listen to someone, someone's advice, even if it's good advice, if you don't feel like they really understand your problem. And you're probably not going to listen to them if you feel like they don't actually care for you, if it's not coming out of a place of concern. But when you listen with your body, when you listen with your mind, and when you listen with your heart, people ask, you know, this person cares for me, and they are with me, and they are for me, and they actually really understand. And then when you give that advice, it's much more likely to be taken. So let's grow in listening. Like we started with love looks like listening well to each other. So we're going to listen with our bodies. We're going to listen with our minds. We're going to listen with our hearts. We're going to seek to understand others before seeking to be understood by them because that is the loving thing to do. That is what God and Christ does for us. I want to encourage you to make this your prayer, perhaps this week. This is the St. Francis prayer. Tradition has it, attributes it to St. Francis of Assisi. And he said, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console others, not so much seek to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive. It's in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. So we're going to close with a song, and I love this, Sherilyn. Uh, suggested this song. It's called Hear Us From Heaven. And it's, it's actually a prayer for people to come and, and hear the good news. Open the eyes of everyone that they may see the truth about you, Jesus, and open the ears of people that they can hear that message. But we're going to actually use this song in an interesting way. I want you to, that's great to make that your prayer, but also to make that your prayer by yourself. God, would you open my eyes to the needs of the people around me in my life, my spouse, my kids, kids, your parents, your siblings. Would you unstuff my ears and enable me to listen better to those around me? And so I'm going to invite our worship team back up. Uh, They're going to sing this song in closing, and I do want to encourage you to make this your prayer. Again, this is not one of those nudge the person next to you, yeah, like you really need this. No. This is for you. How can you grow as a listener and loving people, not just being willing to lend a hand, but being willing to lend an ear? Because good listening is not simply about understanding, but about presence, about people knowing that you are with them and for them. So let's listen with our minds and our bodies and our hearts. Let's be with people and for people like Jesus is and was for us. So God, I pray that that would happen in each of us and for each of us. Would you use this time as we sing this song or maybe just quietly reflect? 
Would you, God, just, uh, I want to say, hold up a mirror to each of us? Let's see the ways that, that maybe we're not doing this well, that we need to work on. First, give each of us, God, just a desire to listen better. To love people with how we respond to them and seek to understand them before being understood or replying or giving advice. God, would you bless the conversations that might happen later today and this week? Would you give us the patience needed to be good listeners and the attentiveness and the focus? Would we rely on your help, God, so that we can truly love people with our actions, love people with how we respond to their pain? We need your help to do this, God. We know that. So we ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.